I'm ABC's Ginger Z. In this episode of Inside Frozen 2, there were a lot of reasons to do it, and there were still things to sing about. It gets into like a, almost like an improv. We not only talk to the musical geniuses that wrote the songs in Frozen 2. Every day's a little harder as I feel my power grow. But they are going to play us through how they came up with those songs. Into the unknown. We're with the Frozen 2 songwriting team of Kristen Anderson Lopez and Bobby Lopez on Inside Frozen 2. Even though you are double EGOT, giantly talented couple, I feel like your names just don't get said enough. Can we just go for it and say <laughs> Kristen and Bobby Lopez, oh, everybody? Hey, hey, hey. Hi. Ginger. Hi, Ginger Z. Oh, we are so, so excited to do this um, because... Obviously, Frozen is all about the music. And Frozen 2 is all about the music. It is I for mean, us. Is, is there anything us? but music in this? Or? <laughs> no, it's an adventure. I mean, it is yes. like, it's packed with so much wonderful storytelling. Mm-hmm. And the music is just a part of it. But uh, And we're not even the only music uh, writers of it. There's another composer that tells the story through score. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are the, we're just the song. But we're just a part of it. It isn't really just about the music because from the very, very beginning, we all sat around a table when when we realized like, okay, it's going to be, we're going to try and do this again. We all sat around a table and said, why are we doing, why do yep. Frozen 2? And there's no reason to do it unless there's really something we need to say. And there were questions. There were a lot of reasons to do it. And there were still things to sing about. Mm -hmm. Because the problem with a musical is you need to make sure your characters have emotions and questions that are so big that they can't speak it anymore. And it just has to come out in song. And we looked at the first one and Anna had had her happy ending. She had everything she wanted. Mm -hmm. She the door was open. Her sister was there. She had uh, the looking like a pretty hunky, cute boyfriend. She has Olaf. Um, They've got Sven. There's this happy family. But is Elsa really happy? And that was the question that led us to say, let's explore that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Why does she have these powers? And is she really happy there just decorating with ice (laughs) in Arendelle? (laughs) Are you ready? I love the idea that you said when we came together and sat around a table was it really there that you said, okay, there has to be a Frozen 2? Or did Jennifer and Jen and Chris call you and say, we're going to do a Frozen 2. Are you up for it? That's more how it went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we were up for it. But they, but we had to weigh in, too, on yeah. what's this about? What mm-hmm. do we have to say? You know, even though we aren't, you know, Disney employees, we just kind of come in and write songs. We have to own it, too. We have to feel it. And What do you mean we just come in and write songs? We just come in and write <laughs> songs. It's the, simple. The first two years... We we talk about the story, yeah. all about the story, before we break ground it's on true. a single song. So no lyric we, comes to you before that? Um, well, <laughs> if I'm really true, honest, um, Jennifer Lee is like a sister to us. We've been writing for Anna and Elsa since since winter of 2011. Um, Jen came on to work on Frozen the movie after we did, mm-hmm. and since then— there has not been a year that we have not been writing for Anna and Elsa because after the movie, we started writing the Broadway show together. Right, And so, you know, and we've got kids that are the same age. She's got a daughter a little bit older than my our two daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like vacation together and we have dinners together. And it was always a question of of 
what do we want to say uh, with Frozen 2? And then then it became official. Um, right. And then that's when the pressure was on. Right. Well, even that. So, it, you know, you say, of course, it's incredibly successful. But Disney Animation had never had a musical sequel. So this is the first. I mean, doesn't that blow your mind? Yes, we, we only found that out at at D twenty three. That this was the first time they've ever done a feature animation of a sequel that's a musical. Yeah, they mm-hmm. had like Cinderella two and Lion King two, but those were done by a different division. Right. Um, and uh, honestly, I don't think we ever really even saw those. And we we don't know too many musical sequels. You know, as a culture, mm-hmm. um, and I think uh, this there's was a Muppets. big challenge. Yeah, the Muppets, and the Muppets right. take Manhattan, yeah. <laughs> right? And all the other Muppets, and the, there's the uh, the Ring Cycle. You know, Wagner's Ring Cycle. <laughs> but there aren't a lot, and but that was added pressure. I imagine. I mean, this is it's not just because it's Frozen Two, and it had all of I would say all of the world's children staring at you. <laughs> and what? How do you even navigate that beginning? I know you said that you you did have a voice for Anna and Elsa since 2011. Is there a lyric, though, that just came in right away that you thought this has to be their voice? Well, Or what's um, the first thing I, you the remember? The first thing we wrote yeah. for it was they, they explained the story to us, um, and we kind of were talking about it for, for a year or so. Mm-hmm. And certain things started to stick. And one of the things was the mother, Queen Aduna, um, Anna and Elsa's mother, mm-hmm. uh, knew about the past. We kept being more and more interesting in her because she really is a blank slate in that first film. You don't know what she's thinking. She barely says anything. <gasps> she's ice cold. I know where we have to go. It turns out she's got some secrets. And she sort of uh, sings them a lullaby. Uh, this was our idea, I guess, that she has all this information that she wants to pass on but can't. So she does it through this lullaby, and uh, that was the first song we wrote, right, hon? Yes. I'm going to say, I'm going to yes and that. Uh, <laughs> that's a better memory. Does Bobby traditionally have the better memory? Um, that's, how I, that's how I recall okay. it. We knew we were going to have the past coming back, and the way that she had to speak in code to Elsa, I think she always thought that she was going to be there when the past came to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, she's not. Uh, but through this song, she's left clues. She's left a little roadmap for the entire movie right. and for um, the girl's path. And they can keep singing it and, and remembering it. So the lullaby seems like, okay, that makes sense. Once you decide it's a lullaby and it has the storyline behind it. Uh, but a lot of people are thrilled to know that Kristoff has his moment, <laughs> that Kristoff has this song. And then you see it and it's... Kind of Richard Marks, kind of 80s ballad. Is that what you were going for? Is it like the. Again, you're gone. Off on a different path than mine. Bobby and I um, both love 80s music. Yeah. There was a, it was a time that you could have huge emotions as a man mm-hmm. um, and really sing about them. If you think about all of those power ballads that Bon Jovi sang and Chicago and Richard Marks, all of those people, mm-hmm. there was a time that like men could wear tight pants and yeah. sing big songs. Coming off the 70s going into the 80s, right? right? That's kind of that... Fashion leading. In the 70s, they sang in sweet, soft tones. And then in the 80s, they got loud and high. Right. And uh, (laughs) we wanted to sing, we wanted to write something for Jonathan Groff that really showed him off because we we had. uh, That's a good rhyme, honey. Thank you. (laughs) you. Um, Yeah, the the first film doesn't have a good song for 
for Kristoff, right. and be, because it didn't really, it couldn't really fit one. Right. Uh, his character was really kind of closed off at first, and then Anna is the one that brings him out. And this is the moment after he's, uh, you know, proposed to her a number of times, and it never goes well because she's always focused on Elsa. And then in the middle of the woods, he he gets a very big <laughs> proposal together, <laughs> and um, it's it's really quite funny. And she's not even there; she's she's. Left and without even saying goodbye, oh. and he starts to question, "Oh my gosh, is this is this even happening? Does she even know I exist anymore? Mm-hmm. What's going on? What's going on with my life?" But here's here's the thing: every song that we write, um, we find that we have to we have to find our way into how do, what does this mean? How is this in our experience? How does it resonate with what we have to say? Mm-hmm. And we do have a lot to say about Kristoff and Anna's journey and the feeling of. Even if you love someone and you're so connected, you, there are times that you get lost in the wood. You get into the yeah. metaphorical enchanted forest where you are not connecting and you're not on the same page. And that feeling – and I think it's very universal for any couple, that feeling of like the the first thing of like, huh, that was weird. <laughs> and then another thing happens like, whoa, mm. something's going on. And then – if communication breaks down for whatever reason, in this case, it's the metaphor of an enchanted forest, um, then you really kind of go, uh-oh, what am I? Where am I? How do I talk to them? Can I Can I talk to them? Um, and that's sort of where Anna and Elsa are in this. I mean, all of Anna them are. Yeah, all of them. I mean, Anna and Christoph are in right. this movie is um, well, moving forward. Grow, right? He's right. got to uh, find his inner romantic – and be able to express it to her. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. It's not easy for men. Men sometimes get that squashed out of them or they never see a model of it when they're growing up. They don't see, you know, a, um, that love expressed in that way, even though they have it inside them. And I think especially this is Christoph, right? I, I relate to that. I was, I was an introvert. I was mm. very, you know, like I was behind my piano. That was the way I kind of communicated. And, uh, I I have been on a journey to be more romantic. <laughs> he was not a great communicator. Uh-huh. Uh, and over we've been married. We just celebrated our 16, 16th anniversary. That's what I was yeah. going to ask uh, next. Okay, so oh, sixteen yeah. years. Sixteen yeah. years. And at the beginning, there would be times that I would like we'd be so connected, and then it would just go away, mm-hmm. and and I'd be like, what just happened? And I I knew he could find his way back, but now we're much better at mm. labeling like. Before before he goes blank and the TV screen goes off, <laughs> that I can go like, okay, come yep. back to me. What's where are you? What let's build the bridge, um, and I think that's what's going on with Kristoff. And All music's a great way to do that, right? Is uh, music does help that beginning of the communication? I'm sure. Tell me, you've written uh, an '80s ballad for your wife that's <laughs> 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 just unreleased. You know. I yeah, maybe that's, that's, next, a, maybe that's, that's the next for the 20th anniversary. What a great idea. <laughs> we, we did have we did have an 80s ballad we wrote for another project that got mm. scrapped. Which is kind of our song, uh, yeah. I, that Aww. I think uh I think is really about us. It's it's a duet <laughs> and it's even higher than right. in the world. I mean, but speaking of like in an animated film, there's always layers to to what the different parts of the audience are going to understand. I feel like that one is very directed. At, at this kind of demo and age group, right? I mean, it works for everybody, but my I'm sure the hope. kids couldn't couldn't possibly understand the the pain in the eyes. I think of my again. hope is that 
karaoke bars all over the world. (laughs) There are men feeling their feelings and empowered to feel their feelings. And maybe they'll go and they'll sing this song at karaoke. They'll let out those strong feelings and then they'll pick out, pick up their cell phone Mm -hmm. and dial and say, we need to talk. That's my home. (laughs) How, how would you say 16 years later, the process of you two working together? And I'm sure it wasn't from the very, very, I know that you met in it within it, but how has it changed? Like, how does the process? I know that there's very simple. You write lyrics. You write, you know, melody or or. or well, it's not. Tune. It's quite as simple as that. We <laughs> we definitely overlap a lot. Sure. I write lyrics. She writes music, and uh, I I'm usually behind the piano. But mm-hmm. um, yes, he can play the piano, and I can play the flute and mm-hmm. the harmonica, <laughs> and a, a mean tambourine and the ukulele and the ukulele <laughs> and the ukulele. <laughs> how has that process evolved? Well, it's Even interesting. Since the first one, I imagine. Bobby knew what he wanted to do when he was eleven, mm-hmm. um, and I was I, I was a kid who who created musicals and put them on in my backyard and started them and directed them and designed them. And um, but the narrative that I downloaded, I think, because there weren't many female creators, uh, was that I was an actress. Mm. So I was lost in my own woods for a while, being a very mediocre musical theater actress in my twenties mm-hmm. and writing lyrics backstage for fun. I would rewrite and I would write these rhyming birthday cards. And only at twenty seven did I realize. I'm a lyricist. Uh, yeah. Someone told me I was a lyricist. And then I said, what do, what do I do with that? Uh, what do I do? <laughs> and they were like, there's this free workshop and uh, where you can go and learn. And that's where I met Bobby. Mm-hmm. So Bobby, who had known what he was going to do since he was 11, uh, was way ahead of me at that moment. And I was just learning how to write musicals when we met. Um, that said, by the time we started working together, I um, – he he had already won a Tony. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I had learned so much from you. I mean, she knew so much about story and so much about, you know, the overview, the theme and really communicating with an audience. And even though I had more technical knowledge, she really helped my first project along and helped me win the Tony. And had more um, heart, I imagine, right? For sure. Absolutely. And she helped me get in touch with my own feelings. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's, she's amazing. And um, I would say that even though, you know – even I kind of looked at her as the junior partner at first mm-hmm. and I didn't maybe believe in her as much as I probably should have. Um, and it took Frozen One, the success of that, to turn me around and make me realize like I am really lucky to be working with her. She is so, so fresh, so good. She has so much to say that I don't that I don't have inside me, you know, that she has something to say that the world needs to hear. And um Oh, he's, hmm. he's tearing, tearing up. Where he is. <laughs> oh, honey, um, that's very nice. It is very nice. You don't need um. to write the ballad anymore because <laughs> I think you just did, my friend. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number. Thousands of people try to call. You talk to one of them. They stay anonymous. I can't hang up. That's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number. Thousands of people try to call. You talk to one of them. They stay anonymous. I can't hang up. 
That's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh. Somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today. Beautiful Anonymous. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today. Beautiful Anonymous. There are so many great songs. What was the easiest or what came to you the quickest? Well, Olaf's song was hard to find for a very long time. The middle of this movie, we knew the beginning, we knew the end. I think Jennifer Lee, who is a brilliant genius, had all of these huge ideas that we had talked about. And she was containing this giant three-act epic scale movie in her head and allowing for all of the possibilities. Um, that's what's so great and why her movies are fantastic because her brain can allow for all those impossible or all those possibilities and hold them all. The rest of us were like, what? Can we nail it down, please? <laughs> um, and, uh, and yet we knew we needed an Olaf, Olaf song in act two. And so we were under a lot of pressure and I, there's this, skating rink where we live and I would go on Tuesday mornings when nobody was there and I would just skate for an hour to kind of blow off steam and I was thinking about how oh my gosh like none of this makes sense right now it's all so scary but I have to trust the process I know in three months or five months or nine months this is all gonna be okay this is all gonna make sense and I went oh (laughs) <laughs> and I ran up to the guy who rents the ice skates and I said, can I borrow a piece of paper and a pen? Do you have a piece of paper? Because I was only I only had my winter coat. And um, I started writing the lyric for this will all make sense when I'm older. This will all make sense when I am older. Someday I will see that this makes sense. And I would skate a little bit and then I would go over to the side to the railing and start and write a rhyme. And then I would skate a little bit more. And then I came back and I was like, Here's Olaf's song. And um, then Bobby instantly sort of put it into a... I put my piano on uh, on a sled. <laughs> and followed her around. Yeah, exactly. That is so frozen of both of you. <laughs> um, I know that the first a score had your daughters in it, Katie and Annie. Are they back? No, not in this one, but they, they did help us out. They, they recorded did. a lot of scratch dialogue for mm-hmm. Little Anna and Little Elsa. There's a flashback scene in the beginning of the movie that has them and... Kristen was the scratch vocal, scratch uh, dialogue for Aduna, mm-hmm. um, and so it was nice for a little while. I got to see like this very touching scene in the beginning with their their voices. Uh, oh. It was a sweet thing. 
But they they tell you if you if they like it or not. Oh yeah. Were there, were there any songs of the ones that did not get entered in that they were the ones that said no way this can't happen or <laughs> well the ones that have gotten cut. We try not to write stinkers. <laughs> <laughs> so which one was horrible? <laughs> Uh, there are no no songs that got cut that they were like no, but the songs that are in there mm-hmm. you you can rest assured that our children were the first people that heard heard them mm-hmm. or heard even snippets of them. Even you know we'd come home and be like, "What do you think of this?" Uh, and they they were they're actually quite good at giving feedback now. They're yeah. like, "I really like this, but I think you need to tell us more about this." Um, did they have to sign something? How do they keep these <laughs> secrets? Like if I was a if I was a, a ten or a fourteen year old, I'm going to tell you right now, everything would be to my friends. <laughs> it would not have been safe. I don't think they told anybody anything. Really? I don't think they were what good girls. Yeah, they. they I think they knew that it was important they not tell anything. And, yeah, you know. I think maybe we have told them that uh, if they. If they share some of these secrets and they get out, we could be sued for all we're worth. There we go. And I <laughs> okay, maybe I would have been better then. Um, <laughs> um, speaking of the the film's gravity, because there is a lot when you and, and you mentioned at the beginning the pressure, and and this is something that we spoke about when we were at D twenty three. And I loved that you gave me so much information. By the way, that when the cast came in, they were like, "Where did you hear that?" And it was like, "No, no, no, it's okay. We can talk about this." The Lopez's told me. <laughs> oh no, now we're in trouble. Uh-oh. No, it was wonderful. Um, but we knew that there had to be something as epic as Let It Go. And so for this film, that is Into the Unknown. Every day it's a little harder as I feel my power grow. Don't you know there's part of me that loves to go into the unknown? You know, it's so funny because I I was dreaming that for the press junket, we're going to put a little jar on the piano and every reporter who comes in and says, mm-hmm. is there a let it go? Right. And we're going to say, you have to put a nickel in the yeah. jar. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, I answered it a different uh, way. So. No, no, you did it. You did such a good job. No, you did it so nicely. Um, and the truth is mm-hmm. we are getting a lot of feedback that possibly there's not one but two. Two. That's the um, other thing I would have added on. I had an addendum <laughs> to this one. But again, it's not the it's same never, story. It's never let sure. it go. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, and you don't want it, it to be let it go. Exactly. Let right. it go um, was always a song that worked in the story that we that we were very proud of, and mm-hmm. it was the um, the reaction to it that turned sure. it into this phenomenon that you know we didn't plan for and we have no control over, and um, you know we still have yet to see what this what this, these songs uh, will do as far as audience reaction. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that that they surprise us with. That's what we're waiting to find out. You know, we'd love to have another hit, but what we really need to do is tell a story and uh, and that's the that's that's the joy of our process. That's why it takes so long, that's why we work so hard. Um and we would love to to make something, you know, classic that lives mm-hmm. forever, but you, you can't we're not in charge of that. It could have just as easily be um Olaf's song. I mean, that truly, right? I mean, really, just whatever resonates. Then it's whatever resonates, yeah. and and that's an interesting place that we are right here as we're recording this podcast. Mm-hmm. Is I was just telling a friend that I, I have this low thrum of anxiety, and I realized it is because this is the part where we let go. Mm-hmm. This is where we say oh, we did our best. Um, here you go, world. Yeah, now, now the dance begins between what we did and how you receive it. Mm-hmm. And that really 
is the beauty and the terrifying thing of about what we do is that it's not done until you're in a collaboration with your audience and you're in a collaboration with the little girls, the teenagers, the senior citizens who hopefully will all see something about their lives up there and hear something in those songs. Mm-hmm. When you when you saw it and and heard Adina sing and heard, um, you know, all of the characters bring it to life. Did it did it take on anything different for you? Each of the songs. Is there one that kind of you went, "Wow, that's even better than I anticipated"? Or, I mean, uh, "Into the Unknown" is it's different from "Let It Go" in that it's the I want song. She's the main protagonist of the mm-hmm. story, and she is the one that's telling the audience basically. And she's she's not even singing to the audience. She's not singing to herself. She's singing to this other voice that she doesn't even know who it is or what it means, but she knows that it's calling her. And at first she's very, um, she's reacting against it. She's kind of resisting it. And then by the end of the song, she can't deny that a big part of her wants to follow it. And uh, that's what the rest of the movie is about, her journey to follow this and find this voice and figure out what where it is that she needs to be. Adina, to work with Adina, we always talk about her as like working with a Stradivarius. You're given this instrument unlike any in the world. Um, and we've learned that uh, sometimes Adina's superpower is how vulnerable she can be down low when you have her sort of very intimate with the mic, um, singing down low, kind of things that she's never spoken to herself before. And then as you bring her higher, you find this power, which is really what Elsa is all about. Mm -hmm. Elsa, Adina really is Elsa in a lot of ways because she has this superpower and this ability to do things that you're like, no one can do that. (laughs) Um, But she also, this song, Into the Unknown, is about intuition and following your intuition, even when you know it may not be what everyone wants for you. And Adina is the most intuitive performer in the world, too. Adina, there's there's times when we'll get into the studio with her and we just realize, you know what, we're just going to let her follow her intuition. Mm-hmm. And she can maybe hit a moment where she's doubting herself. And then she, you can watch her kind of go, can I have a second? And she goes into the stairwell and she does some, like she'll start doing some vocalizations and you can just tell that she's centering herself and then she'll come in and she will blow us all away. <laughs> and, and so you don't know what like happens Elsa. in that stairwell exactly. I know that I know that it's she's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that she's able to take a second and ground herself and ground herself in her own trust her own power um and which is really i think what this whole movie is about is is elsa learning to listen to her own power and um i think that's what adina does in the studio every time we have the great privilege to work with her i know that oscar consideration sorry but you have to talk about it because y'all are oscar winners congratulations Thank years you. later on that by Thank the you. way um but do you think about that is that in your process at all? That is not the most helpful way to go about it. Yeah, I imagine uh, you can't do that. It's like saying I'm going to be a New York Times bestselling author and here's <laughs> why. But at the same time, you want to manifest great things and you want, you know, you want the film to do well. And that is like the la- that's the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. But there, the, <laughs> when you're writing a song, you're just thinking like, 
how do I buy flour? Uh, how, where does sugar come from? Um, and you're, that's way, way basic foundation of the cake. Um, the best way to, to start a song is to play. And for me, I mean, that's what's so great about where we are now in our collaboration. And we just have a safety now. And, uh, and sometimes I'll get a, a spark of inspiration and I get to run with it and just be like, I'm going into my room and I'm writing on the page and here it is. Um, and sometimes Bobby will be in his boxers, like with Remember Me. <laughs> he was he was in his boxers and we had a piano in our kitchen at the time. Um, and he was just playing this beautiful melody and Remember Me came out and, and I was like, give me that. Give me that on my iPhone. And I took it on the train and I wrote the lyric to it. Like sometimes right. you just got to wait and be open. And it's usually in the moments that you're in the shower, on the toilet or in your boxers. Yeah. In your boxers. In my boxers. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry no. to put that in anybody's mind. Um, <laughs> I think that's what we like to hear, though. We like when, when someone's listening to this and they're such a huge fan of both of y'all and, their, and your work. They want to know those those private moments. I mean, we want to be let in because I don't want to put too much on you, but you're in a way geniuses. I mean, this is not something everybody can sit down and do every day. It still has to be surreal. This, this many years later, you still had this opportunity to tell these two girl stories and, and the other people within the, the storyline, but it will, no matter what, change people's lives. I mean, music changes people's lives. Do you think so. about that a lot? See, even if you're not thinking about an Oscar, you have to know. Well, like <laughs> That's been the um, the most amazing surprise of mm-hmm. working with Disney and, and the legacy of Frozen has been the, the letters we get, the people we visit. Every time we go to a hospital, I mean, there's there's always – when we, we took our, our daughter to um, – to sort of an epilepsy wing, we were worried that she was having seizures, and she spent a couple of nights. And we um, <clears throat> got to see these music therapists in the playroom of the children's ward, and they they didn't know we were there, but they just started. They were like, "Who wants to hear a song?" And someone said, "Let it go," and all of a sudden they were singing "Let It Go." Oh my goodness! And then we walked up and introduced ourselves to the to the teacher, and she said, "You know, you don't know what you've done. This has given so much to so many kids that really need." emotional support and it, it helps them fight through these um, challenges that they have. So we've it, also had people come up to us on the street and go, you don't know what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> I've been listening to Let It Go in my minivan 20 times a day yeah. for seven years. Um, we do get that side too. Sure. Uh, but, um, the, but the fan interaction has to be, once they know, like you said, it can go all different ways. Is there one other that sticks out to you? Well, I, I guess I turn my sights to a song that we have that's at the very end of this movie um, that I, next right thing. it's called do the next right thing. And, and I'll just share the story. I've, I've cleared it with the director that I can tell this, but, um, when we were doing the press junket for frozen one, Chris Buck, um, the director on this film lost his son mm-hmm. and had to fly home. Um, tragically, it was awful. And then when we were a couple years later, Andrew Page, who is the person who's the engineer who who puts together all the performances and is is our partner on everything we do for Disney, he also lost his daughter wow. Esme, um, tragically, and so two of our core team had the unimaginable nightmare mm-hmm. happen to them, and I 
we really took it hard and meditated on the strength that they show every single day. Like, how do you, how do you wake up the next day after something like that happens? And I think the first song, that's what I was going to say. I thought the first song we wrote for Frozen 2 was actually that, uh, was this song, Do the Next Right Thing, because we realized that Anna would be the perfect person to show us what do you do when you've lost everything. I've seen dark before, but not like this. How do you, optimism, optimism is, is a, a choice and it's not a choice to like I'm going to be happy forever mm-hmm. it's a choice to okay I'm going to take a breath and I'm going to sit up and I'm going to put one foot down and it's going to kill me and then I'm going to put another foot down and it's going to kill me and maybe I will take those steps to the kitchen and make myself a sandwich mm-hmm. so I can make it through the next hour and I think we're sort of breaking down grief into that, into those tiny choices with Do the Next Right Thing. And when I wrote that song, I definitely thought about the dark moments I've had in my own life um, and how did I get through them. And I'm hoping that this song can act, if anyone's going through grief or feeling that they just can't get out of bed, that they this song can be like a little prayer for them and mm-hmm. shine a little light. Um, so too. It sounds like... I imagine their response when you told them this, that Uh, it was kind of born of this idea for Christopher. When we we did send him the song, because we send the songs first to Tom McDougall, um, who's the head of music, Mm -hmm. and then he says, go ahead and send it. Or sometimes (laughs) he says, go back. Not yet. (laughs) Um, In this case, we, we wrote it, we did the demo, and we took a lot of care with the demo to try and try and literally feel the breath that you would feel if you were this pulled down by the gravity of grief Um, and then we sent it to Chris and Jen and we got the most beautiful letter back from Chris and Shelly because Shelly is his wife Um, and I I can't I won't quote it for verbatim but she did say um, thank you for this Mm -hmm. thank you um, Ryder, their son, thanks you for this mm-hmm. and for um, for speaking to that experience and, and allowing us to put that in Frozen 2. I love the story. Beautiful song. Going to be with us for a long time to come. So many thanks to Kristen Anderson Lopez and Bobby Lopez. You know, you haven't heard the last of them, by the way. In an upcoming episode, they're going to be back in our studios playing and singing a special one-of-a-kind performance. I'm telling you, it is magic. You are going to hear them sing the songs of Frozen 2. Show yourself I'm dying to meet you Show yourself It's your turn Inside Frozen 2 is a production of ABC Audio and Walt Disney Animation Studios. Written and produced by Matt Wolf, with additional production by Trevor Hastings, Dana Schaefer, Gabriel Stewart, and my personal favorite Frozen fan, Samantha Winnett. Executive produced by Heidi Oringer. And special thanks to Amy Astley at Walt Disney Animation Studios. See Frozen 2 in theaters November 22nd and Frozen on Disney+. Plus. I'm Ginger Z. Thanks so much for listening to Inside Frozen 2.